All right, so we're live on YouTube. So if anybody checks in on YouTube, just let me know. And now we can finally get started. I'm your lawyer, Patrick McGinn, and I am your best friend at your worst time. Good evening, my friends and subscribers and followers. It's my pleasure to be here with you today. I missed last week completely because I had an emergency case come up a couple hours before uh, before the, the live stream was to start. I try to do this every Wednesday at 6 p.m., um, but I did make it last week because, because of the emergency case, and I was past midnight working on that case. So I apologize for that. I know some people did ask me where I was, and I was out helping clients, I guess you could say. So how is everybody? I hope everybody is doing very well um, in our new, I guess, our new life, our new normal, or our temporary normal. It's, uh, it's posed some challenges. I know it's posed some challenges for my clients. The uh, courts and Dade and Broward and Palm Beach County are now all closed for the at least the next two weeks. Um, Friday, Broward and Palm Beach County closed. And then on Monday, Monday afternoon at 530 something, the chief judge sent out an order closing Dade County Court. And Palm Beach counties are now all closed. They are the only things that they're, they're doing are the due process and the absolute necessities, such as arraignments, bond hearings. Um, you can still go in and file for domestic violence injunctions, and uh, they're still moving with dependency shelter cases and a few other cases which are, you know, time sensitive and critical. The Florida Supreme Court last week suspended um, civil procedure time limits, so that affects a bunch of, of cases. It does affect family law cases as far as completing stuff by certain dates that are supposed to be completed. Um, so we're working through all that. But the biggest problem I'm seeing is in family law cases, a lot of clients, because now the schools are closed, a lot of clients are having child care issues, are having time sharing issues uh, because, you know, the kids are home, but the parents still have to work. And it's so far all but one case has so far in all but one cases the parties have been able to figure it out themselves and make arrangements and be agreeable i have one case where the other side is unrepresented unrepresented and they're being very very difficult with mom as far as changing the time sharing schedules and uh, we may have to do a telephonic hearing Judges are supposedly in court. Courthouse staff is supposedly there. Um, judges are, are dealing with emergency matters. Um, there's been some telephone conferences that have been conducted as opposing as opposed to personal appearances. In Broward County, Broward County, some of the judges are trying to get on Zoom to handle handle the cases. I have heard of a couple of case management conference and motion calendars going through Zoom. And apparently that's been working. One of the main domestic violence judges, Judge Kaplan, is to try and trying to get Zoom up and running for his court. So that'll make a big difference uh, for those folks up and running. And let's see here. I'm looking for any court updates, which may have changed since the last time. I looked and it looks like they're all the same, no new orders. As far as other, other things going on down here in Florida, we're under the social distancing, quasi quarantine thingamajigger. Last night at midnight, you know, yesterday was St. Patty's Day. So at midnight, the governor and all the local authorities closed all the bars, restaurants, everything like that where people gather, you cannot gather on the beach because apparently everybody was getting a day off on Monday and went to the beach and there were masses and masses on the beach. So now they enacted an emergency ordinance or an executive order limiting beach activities to no more than 10 people gathering together. Restaurants can't seat people. They can do drive out, drive through and take out, but can't seat people in bars and restaurants and nightclubs. Um, it's a very interesting time. Um, 
it's I don't know if it's going to be our new normal. I don't know how it's long it's going to last, but it'll last for at least two weeks and maybe longer. And, you know, I've, I've spoken to a lot of my clients. There are, a lot of them are really stressed out about what's going on. And that's understandable, especially when you have a case pending, a family law case or a domestic violence case or a criminal case pending, because those cases are stressful anyway. And this just adds a whole bunch more stress to them. Um, and, and they're, you know, they're going to get through it. I tell them, hey, you know, we, we've done stuff similar to this before. This is very similar to what it's like preparing in the aftermath of a hurricane which I went through Hurricane Andrew back in 1992, and that was totally like apocalyptic after that. This isn't so bad. People are still up and about, and you know, a lot of businesses are closed. A lot of businesses just aren't doing in-face transactions. Like I went to an auto parts uh, place today, and the business was closed, but the employees were there. But if you, they had a note on the door, if you bang on the door, they'll come to the door. And if they have the part, you can buy the part. You just hand your card to the door. They'll hand you the part back. So, I mean, businesses are going, but it's up and running on a limited, very limited schedule, I would say, for a lot of business. As far as our law office goes, we're fully remote capable. We have a lot of technology that we use because I frequently have paralegals and other attorneys that work remotely from home, so it's no big deal for us. We can carry on a full law practice remotely from any place in the world where there's an internet connection. I've actually handled cases when I was out vacationing out west in Montana and Idaho, and it's we've, we've had a seamless integration for a very long time, for several years. Over this week, this is our third, technically our third day on quarantine, feels more like our 10th day, but technically it's our third day. Uh, today and Monday and Tuesday, I've been spending a lot of time helping a bunch of other lawyers work through uh, getting their firms up remotely and you know helping them implement the computer technology through using Zoom and FaceTime and uh, you know video hosting software, Google Hangouts, so that they can communicate with staff and they can actually have staff meetings. So we, we've got a few of those attorneys up and running. I'm known, you know, by other attorneys for being fairly technical, proficient, technically proficient in setting this stuff up. So I've helped a bunch of them set up their remote practices and they are up and running. Um, I've also set up remote practices for a real estate agency client of mine that I do consulting for. And so everybody seems to be at least in my little circle up and running to one degree or another i'm getting a lot of questions about you know what's going to happen with the case what are we going to do you know how long is this going to delay the case because when you get something like this where they suspend cases and they just don't hear them it backlogs and it backlogs quickly and then you have to work through the stream of backlogs to eventually one day get caught up. So we're backlogged for two weeks. I had hearings scheduled every day, you know, a couple times a day sometimes, every day for this week and next week. So we had about 17 hearings in that two week span that we had to cancel on Monday. And we didn't reset them. We didn't get solid dates for reset because nobody knows, you know, we're presuming that courts are gonna open you know, in two weeks, but that's still, that's still a presumption. I mean, we don't, we don't know that for sure. Um, as far as my cases go, I don't have any emergency matters pending before the courts, but emergency matters tend to come up very quickly. So if something does come up, we can file it and we can at least get telephone hearings. Here are the essential, I was looking for my list of essential court proceedings that are continuing despite the closures of the courts. Now the general public can't even get into the courthouses, but these are the only types of hearings or type of work that the courts are doing. They're doing first appearance hearings, criminal arraignments when they're necessary, motions to modify bail for people that are in custody, juvenile detention hearings, juvenile dependency shelter and arraignment hearings, termination of parental right hearings, uh, petitions for waiver of judicial notice, hearings on petitions for appointment of an emergency temporary guardian, 
ex parte injunctions, all the violence injunctions are initially ex parte. So they're hearing all those injunctions and basically what they're doing, that, that process really hasn't changed. You still go down, you file for the injunction and then they send it to the judge and you don't go before the judge. The judge just reads them in chambers. So everything related to the filing of a domestic violence injunction, dating violence, repeat sexual violence or stalking are all proceeding through. Ex partes for risk, risk protection orders, that's the gun confiscation orders, the red flag orders. They're still doing that kind of stuff. They're still issuing warrants for authorizations and wiretaps. They're still doing Baker Act and Marchman Act cases, extraordinary writs, which are a whole nother, that's a whole nother video in itself. And proceedings related to the state of emergency or public health emergencies in any other emergency or time sensitive manner as judged as determined by the judge. And like I said, you can't even get into these courthouses. To get into the courthouse for anything other than this, you have to have an individual specific order from the chief judge of that jurisdiction. So that's basically what our courts are handling, at least here in South Florida, and that's probably statewide, since the Supreme Court issued an order giving the chief judges of the various circuits the ability to implement these proceedings. And this is pretty uniform in Dave Broward and Palm Beach. So if you know if somebody gets arrested for something and they're in custody, they will get their first appearance. I don't know if there's any delays in first appearance. I haven't picked up any criminal cases this week that were new arrests and in custody where I could make that determination whether uh, there's any delay in the first appearance. Usually people are making the next available first appearance, and I don't know if that's changed. Maybe it's been delayed. Um, I know there were some changes to the first appearance scheduling and where they're doing it. They're now all doing all first appearances in Dade County, at least at the Dade County uh, Metro Justice Building, as opposed to doing it separate for um, domestic violence over in the family law courthouse. And that's it. That's the court updates, the case updates. Like I said, cases only have one problem, child case and family law, where I'm not getting cooperation from the other side. The other parties are uh, resolving the time sharing issues and the child care issues fairly well, considering the circumstances and the amount of stress that's going on. Um, I've had several you know, clients comment to me in the last day or so about their stress levels. And I understand that this is very stressful for a lot of people and it doesn't help with the 24 hour news cycle and you're being inundated with the, uh, with the 24 hour news cycle about this stuff. And, you know, I'm not a doctor and I don't know how serious it is, but it sounds serious to me. So if staying home keeps me healthy and keeps you healthy for at least for a while, I'm off for it until it gets totally out of control and stir crazy. Then, then we'll have to think of other measures or some way to relieve the stress. But, you you know, I'm, I'm telling all my clients, I go, you'll make it through. Don't worry about the case. If something emergency matter comes up, we'll deal with it. But until then, it's <coughs> sorry. Until then, it's just a delay in the case. And, you know, eventually it'll pick up in your, your case. Your case will progress as as necessary. Now, I foresee Last week, last week was a really busy week for cases and, and hearings and all kinds of stuff going on. And it was week in the law practice. And, you know, it, it kind of helps this week that we get some time out of court so we can actually catch up on those cases. And but we'll, we should be caught up on all those cases by Friday. And then we got a couple of new cases coming in that we'll work on in the next few days. But actually, as far as times go, this is not a bad time to uh, be filing new family law cases because in the beginning of a family law case, unless you have some, some priority or some very important issues or emergency matters to deal with right away, um, it usually takes about a month or so for the case to get rocking and moving along anyway. So if you're considering filing for a divorce case, now might be a very good time to do it. And on that note, what I've noticed, um, at least in my law practice, is after like after the holidays, after spring break, 
anytime where people are together for an extended period of time, there's always an uptick in domestic violence, family law filings, um, criminal cases, more criminal clients come in after holidays. And when people are forced to get together and from what I understand that, that, um, that plays out nationwide and as well as in other countries, I saw an article, I was reading an article the other day about how the divorce rate in China is just going through the roof because of the, the coronavirus quarantines that they have. And I understand they're just coming out of those now. Um, close those notifications. So we're, we're prepared for that. We're waiting for that. Like I said, we're very, we're very capable of operating remotely. My complete staff is now all working from home. Nobody's coming into the office. I'm coming in every now and then, of course, to do this uh, live with you and to work on a few things here and there. But otherwise, I'm remotely, too. I can pretty much work anywhere there's an Internet connection. So that's the update on cases, update on the courts and, you know, it's, it's a tough time. It's, it's, it's a different normal for us. I'm sure it's a different normal for you. you know, we're in a big city here in Miami. We've got a couple, well, in Dade County, we've got 2 million and something people. Broward, we got a high 1 million plus, almost 2 million there, and another million or so in Palm Beach. So in the, you know, in the metro area, in the Dade Broward Palm Beach metro area, metro area, we got you know roughly five million people maybe, and it's you know we're having the typical problems of any big city under such circumstances. Um, going to the grocery store is a real pain in the butt. For some reason, people are buying bottled water and toilet paper, and they're not keeping able to keep those in stock. Why people are you know after a hurricane, there's a run on during preparations for a hurricane and afterward there's always a run on bottled water down here and for some reason people are running the bottled water and stocking up on bottled water when there's been no concern with our water supply whatsoever and I totally I just totally don't get the toilet paper thing I mean, it's I don't know maybe people know something that I don't know but otherwise, as far as moving around, traffic's a lot lighter than it than it normally is. But just going going to Walmart or BJ's or Target or Costco or any of those stores is just just absolutely crazy. Um, but otherwise, it's, it's okay. I mean, this is I didn't have I had court. Well, I was supposed to have court in Broward on Monday, but of course that got canceled. So Monday, Tuesday, this is Wednesday. This is my third day of not going to court, which is really strange. I really don't get a period of three days without court. And, you know, I don't have to put the suit on because we don't have clients coming in. Um, the cases that we picked up, we're all doing remote consultations, either just by phone or by Zoom or FaceTime uh, or some type of other video conferencing software. Um, so it's working out and we've done that before we do i you know this is miami it's it's a very big tourist area so we get a lot of people from out of state and out of the country that get arrested here and you know they can't come back for to come in for a consultation and stuff so i have a lot of european clients and criminal cases a lot of south american clients and and criminal cases and we all do the facetime and the uh and the uh the zoom or the google hangouts when we do multi-lawyer consultation with them and it works really really well like i said i did i did a big uh, i did a big conference call or conference video video conference about a case last year um when i was out in montana and we had four lawyers and three clients on this is all related to one case we had four lawyers and three clients on all discussing the case on, on google hangouts and it worked really really well and you know you can't really as long as you have a good internet connection you know it sounds like your next door it's 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 pretty amazing but my office has had that technology for a while and we we use it um, we can all access our our so our client management our case management software remotely we can access our documents remotely so it's pretty good office 365 is pretty good for that too when we get on two or three of us can get on and do a um do a document, edit it in live time in front of everybody. So that's working for us. Um, one of the things that we are doing since I mean, pr the process, the process of getting the court is going to be difficult enough. 
If you have a case where you need to file some type of the mild, um, domestic violence injunction or any of the violence injunctions, we are assisting clients and we're writing the petitions for them so they can take the petitions to court when they go and just turn it over to them instead of sitting there with somebody and going through the whole story with them face to face. They can basically just drop it off, get it stamped in, sent to the judge, and just wait for a phone call on the status of the of the temporary injunction. And that's we've done three of those already, and that's really helping out, um, really helping out the clients in that area. And they're you know it's it's working well, and I wasn't sure how it would work, but this is a good time, you know, for the courts. Hopefully, they'll use this time and they'll get technology on board so we can start doing some of these hearings online, like there's no reason why we can't do five minute motion calendars online through Zoom or something. And uh, instead of driving all the way down to the courthouse, waiting 20, 30 minutes for your five minute motion calendar and then driving all the way back. So hopefully that'll be one of the benefits that come out of this. So that's about it as far as the case updates go. I mean, or this is how life is gonna be, but I know we'll make it through. Um, you know, when if you get too stressed out, you know, you get all worried about your cases or other thing in life and other things in life. Just remember you've made it this far and uh, you know, you'll make it through this, whatever it is, whatever it turns out to be. Let me go through and look and see if I had any questions. There's a bunch of activities, so let me see if I had any questions come in that I missed. Jesus Christ is your best friend all the time. Yes, he is. Let's see. DC, I think that's the last one I saw. Glad to see you. Hey, Thomas, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing well here. I mean, the, the quarantine, it's more of an inconvenience than anything. Space, SpaceX has re released, I think, eight new satellites for internet service. They're transitioning out. Yeah, I saw something about that. I think it was like 60 satellites, wasn't it? But I saw that they had some new internet satellites go up. The chose boy, I had an earthquake out in Utah. I heard there was an earthquake in Utah. I'm guessing that's where you're referring to. Yeah, hopefully this virus dies off soon. All right, what if a prisoner has a corona? Has Purple Julio asked, what if a prisoner has a coronavirus? How will he? <coughs> how will he be treated? He'll probably be quarantined. Or put in, you know, not solitary, but I mean, he'll be separate. I'm sure he'll be separated from the other prisoners and stuff. Prisons, I could see, you know, disease spreads faster prisons. I mean, if you look through history, like the Civil War times and the medieval times, whenever they had prison camps, even, even um, Vietnam and World War II, whenever they had prison camps with large quantities of people in it, disease spreads rapidly through places like that. So they'll, they'll have to keep that under control. Couldn't you do FaceTime appearances with you, the court officials, and a FaceTime your client? Well, the what they're trying to do is they're trying to get... I do FaceTime with my clients because a lot of my clients follow me on my, um, my Facebook group, which is Ask a Florida Divorce Lawyer, as well as my Facebook page, which is the Law Offices of Patrick McGeehan. And those those clients that follow me there, I do FaceTime with. And then we do Zoom. And then we do, um, I'm sorry, not FaceTime, the whatever it is, the, the video conferencing software through there. But yeah, anybody that, that has FaceTime capability, we're doing consultations that way. Um, Zoom with court, Google Hangouts with staff. All right, George's chief justice issued a judicial emergency order a few days ago. Yeah, we had ours on, I think it was Friday, the chief justice issued. Only can, cases concerning life, liberty, like emergency restraining orders are to be heard. Yeah, that's the same thing we're doing down here in Florida. Pretty much. All right, wait. Three days off, huh? Does it feel like you're getting fired from a job you own? Yeah, work seasonal before. I mean, it's it, the last three days, Monday and Tuesday were really busy because I was having a lot of other lawyers call me to help them get up running remotely. Um, so we we were helping them, you know, do that stuff. My IT guy, I sent my IT guy over to a couple guys to get their 
laptop set up with the with the um, proper software to run Zoom and Google Hangouts and all that stuff and show them how to do it. So it was it was pretty busy um, today. Today was like semi busy. Today was like more like a day in the office that we didn't have court. And I came in and I, I did a bunch of work today and, you know, was going back and forth with the paralegals and the other lawyers on some cases today. All right. Going out for work. I hop, I'll hop on when I see. You. All right. Joys of being American. Get on whenever you can. Cool. on the FaceTime option. Yeah. FaceTime, FaceTime works really well. I mean, when you have a good internet connection, I mean, there's lots of places, you know, especially in buildings where it doesn't seem to work so well and the video becomes choppy. So not so bad um, when you have a good internet. I just happen to have a really good, in, in this office, I happen to have a really, really good internet service and it's never, it's never let me down. I used to have, I used to have um, Uverse and it was terrible. It was constantly crashing. But I have a service through the FPL now that is, I don't think it's ever crashed or gone out in the three or four years that I've had it here. Um, it's really quick. It's uh, when you do, when you do the FaceTime, it's just like, you know, just like you were directly connected through the phone or something like that, even though you are, but you're a distance apart because I've done FaceTime on cellular and it gets a little choppy, but with this, it doesn't, doesn't seem to get choppy at all. It seems to work really, really well. Uh, let's see. What else can, can I tell you about what's going on here? The beaches, the beaches are, are open in South Florida. Let me adjust this a little bit. because I look like I'm too far up. The beaches are open in South Florida. You just can't have a group of 10 or more people together. In some places I heard it was five, but um, I think Miami Beach is, is 10. And then on Monday, either Sunday or Monday, the mayor of Miami Beach and the mayor of Fort Lauderdale got together and they declared spring break over with. They were having a bunch of problems on Miami Beach anyway. Um, during spring break, they had a couple shootings and a couple of videos that went viral um about arrests and stuff like that and things getting crazy over there whenever there's whenever there's like a beach day like spring break memorial day labor day that are big beach days they always have some problem over on miami beach with with craziness going on over there all right looks like we're caught up we're caught up everywhere let's check in see if our youtube is still working Anyway, um, you know, if this progresses on, it'll give me more time. I'm going to, you know, give me more time to get on here and hopefully go live with you. Maybe I do it a couple times a week. I'm going to try to go live on my um, on my Facebook group, which is Ask a Florida Divorce Lawyer, for my clients there because I'm getting a lot of questions about, you know, what's going on with cases. Oh, a lot of que I'm getting a lot of questions on on purchasing guns for some reason, like out of the blue, like I get a lot of gun questions in general, you know, I guess it's because I used to be a policeman and I'm a lawyer and I'm very, I'm knowledgeable about the gun laws here in Florida. And I, I, I do a lot of gun crime cases. So I get a lot of questions on guns. A lot of people are calling me that are first time gun buyers and they don't understand how the process works of purchasing a gun. I had one lady call me the other day that was, she was all up in arms because she thought you could just get on the internet, order a gun, and they would like mail it to your house. And she found out that that wasn't correct. And I'm getting a lot of those questions about why, why do I have to wait three days or Broward County? Why do I have to wait five days before I can pick up my gun? How long does it take to get a concealed weapons permit? All that kind of stuff. And yeah, that's, that's the reality of it. Um, you can't, you can buy it a gun on the internet from a, you know, some type of real retailer or distributor. But the way that system works is you buy the gun from the people on the internet, the retailer or the distributor, you pay them, you know, their portion, they ship it to a federally licensed firearm dealer, you know, some, a local gun shop. 
then you have to go into the local gun shop and you know pay the balance or if you paid the the uh the retailer or the distributor the full balance then when you go into the gun shop you have to pay a transfer fee most gun shops will transfer for like between 15 and 25 dollars and then you have to pay the five dollars for the background check you can't buy a gun from a retailer or a distributor without going through a federally licensed firearm dealer and doing the background check and paying the fees for those that has to be the way it is the only way you can not do the background check or the the um and the transfer fee is if you buy it from a private individual like if i buy a gun from my neighbor we don't have to go to the gun store and do a background check i could just pay on the money he hands me the gun but you have to make sure anybody you sell a gun to you have to make sure that they are eligible to own a gun so you always ask them you know have you ever been arrested do you ever had a domestic violence injunction against you or anything like that and that's that's the way you know gun purchases work that's the the synopsis of the way they work there's a lot of um a lot of stuff on the news about gun show loopholes and being able to buy a gun on the internet and there's a lot of people are finding out and i don't I was surprised at the calls I'm getting on that. As a lot of people are finding out, you just can't go and buy a gun on the internet and have it mailed to your house, or you can't just go to a gun store and put down your 500 bucks and walk out with a gun unless you have a concealed weapons permit, and you still have to pass the background check. The gun show loophole that you hear a lot about <clears throat> on the news and stuff is it's not really a loophole. It just doesn't apply. It applies to the transfer of personal property. If you go to a gun show and you're buying a gun from a dealer, you still have to go through the background check and you have to pay the background check fee. But if somebody is at the gun show and they're a private party and they're selling their personal firearm, the face-to-face -face transaction and the transfer of personal property does not have to go through a background check. And that applies to anywhere, whether it's at a gun show, at a parking lot, in Walmart, or at your front door. All right, I saw something about New York here. So dang, in New York, I can't just buy from your neighbor but then again it's new yeah in new york new york has some of the strictest gun laws there are new york california new jersey new hampshire i think it is um illinois they all have really really strict gun laws i don't think you can i mean the process is crazy in new york to even get a weapons permit much less a um to buy an actual weapon there used to be a lot of gun stores in new york in the downtown area near little italy and chinatown as a matter of fact one of the best custom um gun menu gun modifiers and that made custom rigs was right in um little italy there Giacchino enterprises and they were back in the 70s and 80s they were like the big dogs and modifying competition firearms and stuff like that. But there is, there was one gun store that I went into when I was in New York city and it's, it was down in Chinatown and it was a police supply and gun store. And I went in there and they had, you know, they had the uniforms and stuff like that. But as far as guns, I think they had three guns and they were all revolvers and they were all old departmental issue revolvers and you couldn't even buy one. So I don't, I don't, I don't even know where you would go to buy a gun in New York. So gun, yeah, New York's real restrictive. California is similarly restrictive. And I saw a lot of stuff in the news about people trying to buy guns in California, actual like lines out the door and around the corner at gun stores. And people were shocked at all the requirements you have to go through to buy a purchase. Okay. Thomas asked, are the requirements for a rifle for a rifle, the same as for a pistol in Florida? Yeah. They are now. They didn't used to be. Used to be you had to be 21 to buy a pistol and only 18 to buy a long gun, but now you have to be 21 to buy anything. The way it works in Florida is, is there's a, I think it's a three-day three waiting period if you don't have a concealed weapons license, but the counties can make it up to a five-day waiting period. So if you go, you can go to any county. As long as you're a Florida resident, you can go to any county and buy a gun. If you don't have your concealed weapons permit, you can come back in three days and pick it up. In Broward County, it's five days. Broward has a longer issuing. If you have a concealed weapons permit, you can go in. They still do the background check. They still fill out the ATF form, and you pay the background check fee, and you can walk out with your gun as long as you pass the background check. 
All right. Although the concealed carry permit is recognized in a lot of other states, to my understanding, Honda Tech, there is reciprocity between states and concealed weapons permits, but only certain states. Like California, the only concealed carry license California recognizes is California. You can't carry a gun in California um, from another state with a concealed weapons permit from another state. I think it's the same for New York and New Jersey. And, you know, like Florida, like Florida has reciprocity with Georgia. So if you have a Florida concealed carry permit, you can carry it in Georgia and a bunch of other states. And there's websites that will tell you there's a reciprocity map, which will tell you all the states that have reciprocity. That doesn't apply to me because I was a former police officer and I have a federal permit to carry a firearm. So I can carry a firearm in any state. I've carried a firearm in New York City, uh, in Los Angeles, and in Chicago. As long as you abide by what the local regulations are, as far as carrying a gun, you can carry a gun. So, you know, I've gone to New Jersey. I've gone back and forth on the, um, on the path train between New York and New Jersey and all around Manhattan and Long Island and Brooklyn, all the way out to um, Coney Island and stuff, carrying a firearm. And because I have this federal permit, I can do that. And I've, I've never even been stopped. But if I get stopped, you just show them the federal permit. Um, you show them the permit when you get off the plane. You know, if you get off at like JFK or, or um, LaGuardia, the Port Authority guy comes in when you when you claim your firearm. Port Authority guy comes in, you show him your permit, and he signs off on it. Your federal permit, not not a state permit. State permits are totally different. Uh, though the it's recognized in a lot of other states. To my okay, I already answered that. A Canadian-made Marlin. Send me a picture of that. I'd like to see that. I think everybody has a waiting period on firearms nowadays. It used to be when I first became a policeman in 1987, I could go in, I could go in any gun store, buy a gun and walk out with. There was no background checks or permit required. I had to have my police ID, but as long as I had that, you could just walk in and walk out with it. Okay, so probably Honda Tech asks, okay, so probably should check with states I'd be traveling through. Yes, check with the states you're traveling through. Um you know, when it comes to NFA items like National Firearms, like uh, short barrel shotguns, short barrel rifles, don't do interstate travel with those unless you're unless you're very knowledgeable about what the laws are. There's a whole lot of restrictions on transferring NFA items between state lines, and sometimes it's even prohibited. Um, like I could travel from here to Georgia with you know with my Glock, and it's not a problem as long as there's reciprocity. But just make sure whatever state you're traveling to has reciprocity with your state and then look at the states you're traveling through. If the states you're traveling through do not have reciprocity, look for the storage and transportation requirements for those states. Because what a lot of people, and this happens in New Jersey a lot, a lot of people are coming from you know Maine or whatever or, you know, Pennsylvania or whatever, and they travel through New Jersey, you know, coming into Virginia and some other state, and they get stopped as they're traveling through New Jersey, and they get jacked in the transportation. Either they're not properly transport transporting the firearm, they have hollow point ammunition or something like that, which is not allowed in New Jersey, and they end up getting jacked on that. And other permits don't work in New Jersey, from what I understand. Always Check with the state you're traveling through. Can civilians get a federal permit? You can only get a you can only get the federal permit like the one I have is if you've been a police officer, um, some military positions. Um, you have to have been a police officer for ten years, retired honorably, and that makes you eligible. And you have to go back every year and qualify and get a new a new permit issued and signed by, in my case, the director of the Miami Dade Police Department. So regular civilians can't get the federal the federal permit, the type that I have. It's only available to police officer, military, I think judges, and you know and some other classifications. But my main concern is the police officer thing. And every year, four or five times a year, my department, the Miami Dade Police Department, puts on an annual retire. Four or five times a year, they put on 
annual retirement retired officers qualifications where you go out and you shoot the qualification course they sign off on it and you get the new permit all right doesn't trade and forego a waiting period in florida yeah i think there is i think if you're trading one gun for another when you're going through a dealer there's there's a section that deals with that i haven't dealt with that in any cases and usually Usually if it's outside the purview of cases that I'm handling, I don't research it, but I do remember something like that. Um, you know, we can look that up, but I think when you're, when you're trading in because in the theory behind it is because you already have a firearm and you know, you've already passed passed. actually in, in my personal opinion, and I've heard this, nobody's ever filed suit on this before, but in my opinion, my interpretation of the law, once you pass the background check for the concealed weapons permit, you shouldn't have to have another background check each time you buy a gun because you've already passed that initial background check. And they keep, you know, supposedly the Department of Agriculture keeps up on that because if you have a concealed weapons permit and you get a domestic violence injunction or something like that entered against you, they're going to send you a letter terminating or canceling or suspending your concealed weapons permit. But this retaking of the background check every time you go to buy a new firearm, I don't, I don't think that's 100% legal under the way the law is written. It's kind of like is the is the lower receiver on AR-15 an actual firearm subject to the uh, the National Firearms Act and all that stuff? There's some case law that says no, it's not. And I'm always happy to answer questions. On I do a lot of gun cases, a lot of gun criminal cases. So, you know, as far as possession of, of firearms in the state of Florida, I'm fairly knowledgeable about. Um, in Florida, you could basically, you know, you can carry any type of gun, any type of ammunition, any type of magazine size. There's really no restrictions on it in our state. We're still pretty much a free state. We're not the freest state, but we are pretty much a free state as far as firearms go. And since I used to be a policeman, I am a firearms instructor. I used to be a police firearms instructor also. I'm now an NRA instructor. I don't teach a whole lot, but I do a lot of the, the legal portion of courses for other instructors that put on the course. So if you have any firearms questions, you know, feel free to ask. I handle three major areas of law, which is criminal law, family law, including domestic violence and personal injury, as long as it's a car accident. Um, you know, slip and falls, I don't do, I only do car accidents when it comes to personal injury. And I welcome you to follow me on my other social media platforms. I'm on Instagram is the Magic City Lawyer. I'm on uh, TikTok is the Magic City Lawyer. I'm on YouTube as on Snapchat is Magic City Lawyer, Tumblr. I'm on Twitter as at, at PJ McGeehan Law. And I have two Facebook, one Facebook group and one Facebook page. The Facebook group is Ask a Florida Divorce Lawyer. And the Facebook page is the Law Office of Patrick McGeehan. I welcome you all to follow me there. I provide, you know, I have daily content coming out. It's a little slow now because I usually have at least one video a day coming out. It's a little bit slower now because I'm not going back and forth to court and making those videos and getting all those good stories to relate to you from uh, inside the courtroom. But, you know, we'll pick that back up and uh, I'm sure in no time flat. Any questions that come in those areas of law, I can usually answer them for you. Either email me at patrick at pjmlawyer.com or, you know, contact me through one of the platforms through direct message DMs or, you know, text messenger or whatever it is on Facebook. I'm happy to answer those questions. If you have another area of law which you have issues with or you need a referral to a, a lawyer that does like real estate or something like that in South Florida, let me know and I can I can usually refer you to somebody that I know that does those types of areas. Um, as far as, as my practice geographically, I do Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach. Every now and then I'll take a case down in the Keys. Um, I'll do a personal injury case if it's statewide, if it's, you know, a commercial vehicle or some type of, of, you know, massive case with massive injuries. Most of the personal injury cases I do involve very serious injuries where people are disabled for 
you know, the rest of their lives are crippled or going to need care for the rest of their lives or it involves a death. And I do those cases because when I was a police officer, I was also a homicide detective and I had a little bit of a specialty. I actually had a pretty big specialty in the area of traffic accident reconstruction and traffic death cases. So that's why, you know, I handle those types of cases because of the experience. And I, I dealt with a lot of lawyers handling those cases and I saw how they handled them and I wanted to handle them better, I guess, for my clients than the way they handled them. So that's part of the motivation for that. Um, like I said, I try to get on here every Wednesday at six o'clock. I'll probably be getting on maybe twice a week. I don't know what the other day is going to be while this quarantine thing is going through. I'm also going to be getting on, um, going live on my Facebook group page, Ask a Florida Divorce Lawyer. Um, to help those clients. I get a lot of questions through that page or through that group. So I'm going to help those, those followers there and those members there um, with, with their cases as they're moving along. And it's pretty family law. Family law is pretty uniform throughout the, throughout the state, no matter what, what County or what circuit you're in, there's a couple local rules and a couple unique quirks here and there in different jurisdictions but as far as the main stuff it's all uniform throughout the state so and then all the forms are the same everybody uses the same forms um, that are provided for a lot of people go down to the courthouse and buy them but all those forms are online you can get them for absolutely free and if you need the link for those i'll be happy to send it to you so if there's no more questions Let's see. Gerald Russell asks, can a felon legally have an antique firearm in Florida? There's there's a thing there in the in the descriptions or in the classifications between antique and firearm. A felon cannot have a firearm, but some antique firearms are not considered firearms. If you get my set, my under forget my drift. Um, and I don't, I don't know what the offhand, I don't, I don't remember what the classification is on antique farms other than the age, but I know like civil war flintlock pistols and rifles and stuff like that do not classify as, are not classified as firearms. They're classified as relics because there's. There's relics and then there's firearms. Like an AR-15 and a Glock is classified as a firearm. Those are not classified as firearm. Black powder is not classified as a firearm. You can go in and buy, you can go in the Bass Pro Shops, buy a brand new 50 caliber black powdered rifle without a permit, without, without a concealed weapons permit, without filling out the 4473 without the background check and walk out the front door with it because it's not classified as a firearm under that statute. And that's like, if you read, if you read the federal statute on the description of a firearm and you look at an AR 15 lower receiver, does an AR 15 lower receiver match the description in the federal statute of a firearm? There's a big argument and there's a big, um, push, especially out in the Western states, that it is not technically a firearm. And there's been a couple of cases where judges have agreed upon that. So that'll be an interesting development in firearms law that comes up. Big man sprinter van, what's up? You living in the van down by the river? I hope so. I follow a bunch of a bunch of RVers on YouTube, a bunch of overlanders on YouTube and we have a little overlander group here in, in Florida and a bunch of those guys have sprinter vans that are fairly decked out pretty bad. All right. So that looks like it. I've covered everything I wanted to cover. I think I got everybody's questions in Ohio is pretty lenient. I understand Ohio is pretty lenient. I've heard that too. There's a guy on YouTube that is, there's a guy on YouTube that is a gun lawyer in Ohio, let me see if I can find his username here. That gives out, I, I follow his page. He gives out a lot of good information on gun laws 
in Ohio. Let me see if I can find him real quick. My subscription list here. He is the gun lawyer. Munitions Law Group. Cheshire the the Bross PC. Let me go in and see. And he puts out a lot of content on Ohio gun laws. And he is located in He is located in Columbus, Ohio. So if you want to subscribe to him, he deals a lot and he gives out a lot of information on Ohio gun laws. All right, so it's it's your business fan. All right, it's good to be retired. All right, Thomas asks, is that just black powder? Black powder, or is there a date? I think there's a date for antique and relics, but there's no date for black powder. Like, like if you want to buy a brand new bone crusher, 50 cal black powder, you can go in Bass Pro Shops and buy it right now and walk out the door with it. I'm doing good, Sprinter Van. Doing good. We're just wrapping up. You got in. You got in a little late. Uh, who's from Columbus, Ohio? The we were talking about Ohio gun laws very briefly. Somebody said they were pretty lenient, and I was referring them to a guy on YouTube called the Gun Lawyer, and he's in Columbus, Ohio, and he puts a lot, a lot of information on YouTube about Ohio gun laws, and I follow him on there. And we have conversations back and forth every now and then. But he's real knowledgeable about the Ohio gun laws. And his office is in Columbus. All right. I think I got everybody there. Let's go back over to YouTube, see if there's anybody missing there. Any questions come up there? Nobody. Nobody's asking me any questions on YouTube. It's only TikTok. My TikTok followers are the best. Anyway, I appreciate all you guys checking in here on TikTok and the couple that I do have on YouTube. I really enjoy um, getting on here and doing this with you and answering any questions that I can, um, whether it's you know family law, criminal, or personal injury related. If you have any questions, you have any topics on the platforms, and I'll be happy to do you know if it's a good if it's you know a big topic, I could do a whole video about it and upload it here, and we could have an exchange on it and uh, any other ideas you have for the live shows. And this is also going over after I do this, it'll go be sent over to be a podcast as well as it'll be posted on YouTube and all of my social media platforms. So if you subscribe to me on all the others, all the links will be down in the description below for all the other platforms I'm on and feel free to follow me there. I'm most humbled that uh, you came and, and joined me today. I try to do this every Wednesday at 6 p.m. I didn't make it last week because I had an emergency case come in, but otherwise every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Barring any emergencies, I will be in here with you, and it's always a pleasure to speak with you, and I'm very humbled that you come in and actually interact with me. I think this is great. Thank you very much. Stay safe. Don't get stressed out. Don't watch too much news. Don't let the 24-hour news cycle bombard your life. Make sure you take time out for yourself. De-stress. Enjoy life. Work on your side of the hustles if you have downtime during this whatever it is, whether this is our new normal or our temporary normal, hopefully it'll all be back together and the way it was soon. All right. Good night. Be safe. Be healthy.